this one too <laughs> Yay, the first one <laughs> see it shows you i was there from the beginning star that's awesome i was so glad you have that one i'm gonna put that one out on my company now i'm gonna re-release it through cosmic nation and i'm gonna put it out and we'll start selling that one too so i can finally get some recognition and never really got any uh play <laughs> Well, talk about that a little bit, Star. What was it like for you trying to get, you know, your your own career off the ground and do something like that? Well, uh, a lot of very, very focused, determined, like hard-headed, determined, you know, nation. Because everything is everything's already against you being a woman. It, it, it just to step out as an artist like that, especially as a songwriter and a musician, everything's against you. The whole industry is a, against that. And if you want to break through, you have to break through yourself. You have to literally like, and that's what I'm doing. I'm like kung fuing my way through, you or out. You know what I mean? Because it's not set up for that. It's set up for me to. Put, put on some skimpy outfit and be a doll and sing to a track and shut up. And go, you understand what I mean? It's not set up for me to do what I'm doing. I'm doing it. And I'm defying all of them going, what, and what you going to do? And what you going to do? And they all go, but see, but, but the only way you can do that is if you know that you can hold your own and, and kick ass, not just musically, and do it better and deeper than all those men. But then you got to come from the business end. That's why I started my company. You know, I'm in Walmart right now. I see the Congratulations. Thank you very much. Cosmic Nation Productions is in Walmart, people. Okay? And I did that. All right. And, um, and I'm continuing to do these things because... What I just said earlier, it's not set up for me to walk on through and get all this help. And nope. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So think of me as a real life Wonder Woman in music. Because that's what I feel like. Every day I feel like I am Wonder Woman. For real. In this shit. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what I'm doing. More power to you. Um, that first album, I got to uh, point out two tracks in particular that are my favorites. Uh, probably Never Was Lover and Stargazing. I, yes, yes. Never Was Lover, which I love to do live, is one of my favorites. 
and it's written about somebody who never should have been alive. <laughs> and stargazing, um, when I first did stargazing, I knew that was going to be the first uh, song of my of my you know philosophy of who I am as an artist. So um, those are two of mine too. That's that's very cool. But those are those beginnings, and I love to give them a chance to be heard, you know, on a on a larger scale. So I'll be putting those out at least by twenty twenty one. That'll be too. Well, so the viewers and listeners know, I want to give a little more detail on that record, so they'll be ready. Um, Never was lover to me is like, um, you know, the brides meet Funkadelic. That's kind of the vibe I hear on that. Um, Red Alert, love the bass breakdown on that one. Um, Soulmate, Soulmate oh. to me, I think it's like Rolls Royce meets metal, you know? Nice. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you put that print somewhere? <laughs> awesome. Um, wow. And then tonight I hear some Prince influence on that one, I think. Yeah, that, that one was deep because... Um, because Lodge wrote that one, and that was deep. That was one of those complicated, deep songs, like, oh, boy. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, and, and Red Alert is um, is is one of, um, it's like one of our cult favorites now. You know, it's like, when I perform live, people who, who know me, are like, Red Alert, you know, Red That's great. you got to love that. Yeah. Um, make It Happen. Reminded me a little bit of the Chili Peppers. And it, you know, I think I was probably thinking about them when I cut that. I cut that in Philadelphia, and my drummer, Chuck Treese, this awesome rock punk drummer who's also an artist himself from Philadelphia, he and I cut that live in seven minutes. We went in like, you ready? Ready, go. We fucking did And, you know, and I just up in the booth going, hey, hey. You guys! I mean, we just like ripped through it. <laughs> like, killed it. He's like, okay, we got it. You guys are crazy. Come on, come on. <laughs> well, that record deserves another uh, chance. I'm glad you're going to get it back out there again. Definitely. Thank you. Um, live, so, and you put out a live one that came um, how much after that one? I think that live one happened about. 2000, maybe a year and a half after that or so, maybe maybe two, two and a half, because it's a combination of different live shows. So some of the live shows were uh, Philadelphia opening for P-Funk, some of the live shows are opening for Living Color in D.C., some of them was like out on the West Coast. So it's just a combination of the, the best live shows at, the, at that time that were put together. And um, uh, the um, the kick your funkin' ass on there was at the electric factory, and we call out Clip Payne in response. It's just freaking awesome. So I'm gonna release that one too again. Cool. <laughs> who, who who recorded that track first? Because I've heard so many different versions. A kick your funkin' ass. Yeah. Well, when I, I when I wrote it, we first put it on. Lodge's uh, one of his CDs first. Yeah, I think it's that, that one. one. Yeah. Right. And 
at the, at the time, it was only because I thought, oh, I want to shock people or scare people away, you know, with this woman coming out. But I, you know, but I grew into embracing it, and then we decided you got to put it out on your record because we have been doing it live, and, and like they recorded, you know, and but even since then. We've been doing it live, like all out here on the West Coast, Colorado, and Las Vegas. You know, so it's like I have to put it on. And plus, I grew into embracing. Like, I wasn't uh, uh, shy about saying, thank you, and I'm going to keep your motherfucking <laughs> So, I, you know, I grew into being able to <laughs> tell it and play it like it is on that one. I, I think I. I seem to recall hearing uh, Truly Disgracious do that one, too. Oh, well, they might have tried, but uh, <laughs> that is most definitely my song that we wrote, me and Mr. Curry, okay? That's our song, okay? So you can try whatever you want, but that is Star Colors all day long. Don't test me. I own the copyrights. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Um, so somewhere in there you had the uh, VH1 experience. Uh, where does that fit in? And, and I know it was a, a great thrill for you, but uh, can you just tell viewers a little bit about that? Absolutely. That was really another level, I guess, in my um, career trajectory because it, it brought me directly into the, I was directly brought into the rock genre officially by these rock legends, directly by Mark Hudson, you know, Grammy Award-winning producer, Aerosmith, uh, Ozzy, uh, Paul Stanley, Kiss, Sammy Hagar, Van Halen, uh, Phil Cullen, Def Leppard, uh, Marky Ramone, and the, 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 the cats from Guns N' Roses, Matt and Duff and them. I literally was brought in by these people. So that was a lesson in itself because people people don't understand is that there's uh, etiquette and protocol and you know proper way of going about things. Everything's not some drugged out fuel free for all, you know what I mean? Where you just hang in bed state. No. Mm -mm. And the show really taught me that the rock cats were extremely organized and business and together and rich. Like, I'll tell you right now, the rock genre and the rock musicians are far wealthier and richer than the R&B and funk people. Like, it was, <laughs> it was a eye-opening, you know, like, oh, let's, get on up to this level, stay up here with these cats. So um, that was something. When Paul Stanley um, came onto the show, it, it, I'll just give the, 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 back, the background was three rock organs had, each took a band of five semi-professional musicians, we were supposed to be, and they created a band, and we each had to perform um, all these different songs from all these different artists <clears throat> every day in the studio. We had to go to live venues in Hollywood and Beverly Hills and perform. 
and we had to go to the recording studio and write a, an original song together and perform it. So it was a, the whole thing was a boot, uh, really a music boot camp. Like we'd get into the studio uh, in the morning and we'd be rehearsing and learning songs, and then some legend would come through the door. It would never announce who was coming through. You just had to be ready. And your band hopefully could play. <laughs> hopefully you got people who could actually play to play together, right? I had people who could play enough to play together. We were the better of the ones on the particular show of the other two bands. So Mark Hudson was a ball-busting so-and-so. I mean, he was not pulling punches. He was working and kicking our asses. He was cursing out the guys every day. You know, you motherfucker cocksuckers. Not me and the, and the drummer, because she was a girl. She was a, a lesbian, had a wife. But he talked to the guys that way for sure, every single day. Until he whipped this, you know, we were like the ones, right? And he relied on me a lot to do stuff, you know. And when he saw what I could do, then he, they, he talked to the producers and realized, hey, this girl is some professional from George Clinton and Parliament County, Ellis. I didn't say that coming into the show. I just came in like, mm -hmm. I'm just one of these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they find out, they're like, do you know she's a blah, 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 blah. So every time somebody would come into the, to the show, Mark would have already told them about me. I got this girl, she's in Brown Point Dell, she plays bass, she can do this and this and this and this and this. So they would come into the rehearsal looking for, the, for who he's talking about. So Paul Stanley comes in. Everybody's tripping. Paul Stanley of Kiss has walked in the door, and it's like, you know, the, kid, the Queen of England walked like, right? So everybody's like, Paul Stanley, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. So he and Mark Hudson are friends from the 70s, from the Casablanca record label and all this shit. So <clears throat> they're friends. So like, hey man, hey, 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 seriously, where's the girl? Is that her? Mind you, we were on stage playing. Cameras are rolling, right? Cameras are rolling. He walks up to the stage to my microphone and starts singing in the microphone with me like this. And I'm playing bass, and we're singing like this together. It's kissing my face, and we're singing, and he's like, yeah. But by the time we finish, he hugs me, we hug each other. The cameramen and the producers are back there jumping and tripping, like, oh, my God, Paul Stanley's love to, oh, my God, oh, my God. We do it the same night at the Beverly Hills Place live, and we have to perform. And all of a sudden, I'm chosen, right? Paul tells the producers, this girl is the one. She's a superstar. Y'all get behind her, follow her, do this. He gives me his publicist. And I have to begin, while I'm doing the show, a series of test events for Paul Stanley, charity events that I had to do, and appearances that I had to do publicly in, in Hollywood with the publicist. It was a trip. It was a test. And it was, it was, I was, it was like, wow, this is how the rock, you know, the superstar industry is so it was awesome. What kind of material were you doing? 
Who? What kind of songs, material, were you doing? Oh, we just had to, since, since these were groups of people that had never met before being put together, we just had to learn different rock legends music. You know what I mean? Just whoever, whatever classic rock stuff that, would, that they thought would be simple enough for five people to learn every day. Because every day we were coming in learning different songs, you know, Rolling Stones, you know, whoever, you know what I mean? Just all these different people. So whoever walked in the door, whether we were doing one of their songs or not, they would maybe come and sit in with us. You know what I mean? Like Phil Cullen, he came and sat in with us and played. I, me and Matt Sorum played together. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, Paul came in and did this stuff. So it would just depend. You just had to be ready. <laughs> and the cameras were rolling all the time. So, you know, you just had to be ready. So <clears throat> that experience was invaluable because although they didn't pay us <laughs> for it and they did run in syndication for some time, um, the connections and the doors that it opened, if they pulled you in, as they did me, was invaluable. The, the, the connections of people in the industry that I got from that and that I still have to this day who are still friends, who are still, you know, business colleagues or whatever. So that was awesome that way. Yeah. What, what year was that about? 2011, 2012. Mm -hmm. When it first was, you know, when we first uh, shot it. Right. And then it ran uh, on syndication for a couple of years after that. And, you know, so that, that, that was cool. That was, that was a, a, <clears throat> a great uh, experience. Uh, uh, although they didn't uh, pay us, I'm extremely happy. What happened because I was. You, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, a great showcase. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that was awesome. Did, did you have to beat out uh, people to make the cut to appear on the show? Well, you know, they had a, a big general, well, not a general, they had a, a private called audition. And at that first audition, they were about. It wasn't a whole lot of people. You have to remember, you had to be able to play an instrument and or sing well. So there weren't hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, but there were there were enough, I would say, the day I went, maybe it was about 200 people. You know, I mean, I've been in some auditions where it's just thousands of people. It's ridiculous. So this would say I was... Maybe it was about 200, 300 people, you know, and you had to perform on camera, whatever it is that you did. So for my audition, I did a Rush song by Getty Lee. I did Tom Sawyer, and I played bass and sang. And just for anybody who doesn't know, it's not easy, people. You try to learn some Rush and sing it and play it, okay? So I did, and they were like, <laughs> after the, like, as soon as I was packing up my stuff, getting ready to leave, some producers ran out after, like, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. 
we just want you to know that you're already in the show. So get ready. We're not going to wait to tell you. Like, we're blown away. We've never seen anything like this. This black woman coming in here doing Rush. Okay. <laughs> Playing, but you're like, you're in. So I'm like, okay, cool. So then I got ready to, you know, do it. So, yeah, you actually had to audition on camera for it. You ever, you ever play that song during your own shows? Oh no, I would never. I would never disrespect them because I respect them too much as an artist myself. So I just that was just for that situation. So, do you do any covers uh, as a rule on your shows? No, and the only cover that I do do has been "Sunshine of Your Love" by Cream, and that is only because Jack Bruce himself gave me permission to do that song for the rest of my lifetime. So I got permission from Jack Bruce to do Sunshine of Your Love. So that's the only one that I did. Wow. Funkadelic did a version of that too. Um, yep, yep. Blackbird, I think, is playing on that one. Yep, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> like to a go-go beat. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, Living Galaxy. Um, congratulations being in a mainstream uh, a place like Walmart. Uh, this has had a long road to, to getting out, right? I mean, it's been in the works for, for quite a while. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, as I said, there is no uh, uh, major support system of people for uh, uh, someone like me. Not that there's many people like me in this at all, first of all. Let's start there. For the few women who happen to be a songwriter, instrumentalist musician, and a singer, there is no resource of people or whatever. So, getting your thing done is on you. And, and the support that you have or don't to do it. And that's what that was. Yeah, it's really challenging and it must be frustrating, but you got to just keep going and going. And you do. Well, you know, this is why I have the nickname Amazon Warrior because um, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm in constant, some type of battle. <laughs> You know, in business, business battles, you know, just to get something, just to get the record done, just to get this, just to get that, just to do. So, you know, hence why I started my company. I am the CEO, and I am rolling this thing, and anybody not with me, I'm rolling right on. And that's it. <laughs> Cosmic Nation is the uh, company. That's right. Yeah. Um, wish you all the luck with that. And, um, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about this album. Um, I think, you know, it's very impressive. You've came a long way from that other one in terms of just, you know, the level, you know, the game, you've obviously upped, up the game in terms of, um, the compositions and the execution and the cohesiveness, um, and I love the way you let some of the songs really stretch out too. That's one thing I always like, you know, is, you know, do songs to what they're worth, you know? And I if agree. Gonna, if you're going to rock them, rock it well, out. I, I agree. And that's, 
you should you shouldn't feel stifled by radio programming or whatever, especially like when there's no radio programming going on. <laughs> Well, let your star shine really stretches it out. Um, like I said, I see your freedom is one of my, or I see the freedom is one of my favorites, and I hear Hendrix influence in there, and the breakdown and the way it ends. I mean, vicious. Awesome. But yeah, definitely just feeling more of. Let's just flow with the rock and be what we are. I can only be what I am, so let's just do it for sure on that amazon warrior um that one you mentioned matt sorum that reminds me a little bit of like a guns and roses kind of feel to it man that'd be cool we play that with him live he's so badass to tell you oh, 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 oh. um and the attitude of you know that track we're talking about kicking your motherfucking ass um <laughs> seduce me seduce me um really hot drumming on that one and it brings to mind like a mother's finest type of thing oh nice interesting of course you know i love them um have, have met you know uh, uh joyce and, and them before my drummer really sandro feliciano he really laid that all out just you know he just laid that all <laughs> So yeah, that's obviously that's his. Um, diabolical, diabolical done. Um, faster than the other stuff, but like a f real fun, fast rock kind of tune. I, I, somebody said to me like, "Oh, you 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 you're doing you're doing metal now." I said, "Oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah." <laughs> yeah, the tempo's more metal on that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm still standing. Real catchy rocker. That's the one, you know, if I was going to say push a single off this, it would probably be that for radio. The chorus is real catchy, kind of um, uh, an anthemic. Is that the right word, you know, with the chorus? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I wrote that about my uh, dad when he passed and just the feelings of dealing with him being gone. Said so, then it turns into an anthem, you know, from there. But yeah, that's that's where it started from. Like, ugh, this is how I feel about this. So, sorry about that. Without, I mean, after we talked about him before, no, without, yeah, right. Without like you know, sobbing all the time, I was like, let me get it out this way. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I think a big part of the Star Color story is taking any of those negatives or challenges or things that could be downers and really pushing it forward as as power absolutely that's you know. definitely been uh the tapestry of my thing yep for sure for sure good so how's the reaction been to this record and and how do you feel about it you know the reaction has been really great and um <clears throat> um very happy, a little surprised, but really happy that people are, um, even people who might not traditionally uh, be rockers or into rock or, or, or metal are liking it, listening to it. Um, that's really good. I'm really happy that 
the songs and the music can transcend, you know, to reach all kinds of people. So that's great. And um, and now um, Walmart Canada has just invited me to them. So we're going to be selling in Canada too, people. So, yeah. Hey, completing the rush uh, cycle. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Black Canadian brothers, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you had a, a DVD that I've uh, seen information on, but I haven't seen it. What's the status of that Live at BB King? You know thing? what? We we just ran out of, of print of those and didn't haven't made any more. That was a great uh, DVD at the time, and and we just haven't made any 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 more of them. I should make a few and, and, and put them on my website, you know, just to have, but um, I've always honestly been just trying to, you know, get as much current, you know, of late footage that, that I, that I, you know, that we can, so <clears throat> just trying to focus on that and, you know, get the, get the newer songs, uh, get the new, new band line up. You know, which is on the Living Galaxy uh, CD. You know, get them live performing. So that's really, I think, more rather than kind of focusing. Were you doing? Uh, I mean, ha have you been frustrated by this lockdown situation and, and not being able to get out there and actually in person play more and promote the record more? <clears throat> I mean, you know, I I, I guess I would, I feel the the, the basic. You know, frustration that all of us professional performers and actors, you know, feel too. You know, we're all kind of all the television actors, movie actors, professional musicians, and studio musicians. We're all like, <laughs> we're all kind of like, well, we get here until whenever. So, I'm I'm not upset. I'm glad that we're all alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm glad that we can get on these little devices and video cameras and see each other and, and do stuff. And, and um, you know, <clears throat> we'll all be ready to give phenomenal, incredible, energetic performances when we all come out. We'll all be like, <sighs> you know, hopefully. <laughs> I will. I'll be ready to, you know, jump out there. So I think this is, is a is a period that not only can, you know, we keep you know, our families and each other and keep us safe, but you know, we can just come up with these 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 virtual digital ways to share and do what we do, whether it's performances, interviews like the speaking, or, you know, I think we should just take advantage of, of the time to dive into this other aspect and add it to our thing when we can all come back out and actually be together. <laughs> well, I think we're going to not only see a, a, a baby boom out of this whole thing, but also uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of great music I think is going to come out of too of people that have been hunkered down just creating stuff. So hopefully so. that yeah. lemonade will come yeah. out of this lemon. Um, <laughs> but um, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, as somebody that also is a longtime uh, fan of both uh, funk, hard funk, and hard rock. Um, what to you do they share in common, and where do they sort of intersect? Hmm, that's a good question. I guess I would say that <clears throat> classic R&B 
helped birth that funk core, right? And when funk music uh, decided to, especially from a funkadelic standpoint, decided to get looser, more guitars, you know, more rock and more drums, that I would say would be the official bridge from R&B and funk to rock. Now, from the rock end, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say that country music and the blues gave birth to that rock thing, but also gave it the blues, R&B, roots and core. You see what I mean? So that's where I think they connect and are birthed from and all that. I've always, well, ever since I was, when I was a kid, um, <coughs> I was into funk first and okay. then I got into hard rock. But I, okay. my the first rock that I was attracted to were things like um, you know, Cashmere Zeppelin and and um, Last Child by Aerosmith and um, and I remember somebody telling me, well, yeah, because those are funky. Well, you know what, and 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 you're right because they are because when I listen to them now, I think, gosh, sure do sound like early funk at the hip. You know, like they sound real similar. So they are, they are. You're right. I mean, think about um. Hear that train are coming by Aerosmith. That's funky as hell. That's one of my favorites. You know, you know this. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, back in Definitely. black. You know. Oh please. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I definitely, I feel the same way too. I relate on those ends and just like, yeah, this is. This is where it's at. This is, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. So you talked about opening for Living Color and things like that. Is there any show that you've done in particular that just stands out as something special for you? Hmm. Uh, that one at the Electric Factory uh, was one of the earlier ones. Um, one of those shows for Living Color, either <laughs> was just crazy because after we came out, they just came out and just like crazy. It was like amazing and bridge. Um, uh, I, I have uh, someone uh, that I performed out here <clears throat> on the West Coast during my jam band circuit tour. Uh, it went from Arizona to uh, all up and down California to uh, Portland, Maine, Colorado, Las Vegas. You know, like all, all, all of that, and had some really awesome shows in Colorado and, and Vegas and um, San Francisco. So you know, and then and then later, like most recently now, uh, I would say that there are just some uh, solo performances that are, that I. Done sitting and you know, things that you know 
kind of like um, uh, took it up to the next bar, which I'm, I'll, I will also be releasing um, a few videos, some live videos, maybe uh, once a month, once every few weeks, of me performing, you know, in here, uh, doing a professional grade performance, you know, to people. So, um, you know, I look at live performances always as just you're constantly growing. You're constantly polishing. You're constantly perfecting. You know what I mean? You're evolving to the next thing. So, and you take the best things that you feel relate to the people most, that, that touches them most, that makes you feel comfortable, and you keep them, and then you keep going, and you keep evolving. So. I think that being a, a live performing musician is, is an evolution. Evolution. We'll definitely look forward to seeing some of those videos. Yeah. I, I'm going to absolutely tag you and send it to you directly. Here we go. And make sure that they sound great, look good. Well, I know she play a, a five string. How come? Yeah. You know, I decided, you know, I started out as a child on uh, acoustic guitar viola cello so you know I've been a string player all my life I figured well you you, you should uh, get into that I love the, the low uh, sound of the beat I love that frequency and that whole depth that it brings and it brings a whole other range for you as a bass player so I just forced myself to learn it when I was in P-Funk I started learning five and just kept on. Yet one more unique thing about Star Colors, you know, <laughs> the whole package. Did, did you ever get to meet uh, Larry Graham? You know, I have not. Um, I know that when the group went in, when the uh, when the Parliament Funkadelic went into the Hall of Fame, he was there. Larry was there presenting or something, going in so. The, the guys then got to meet him, but um, I was not there, so I have not physically met him yet. He's just been that mythical, <laughs> legendary figure, you know, who happens to pave the way for, for, for what I do. Yeah, I hope to have him on the show one day. I did get to meet him uh, backstage at a show at the House of Blues, and he was just such a great, nice guy. I mean, he spent as much time with me as I wanted, you know, and... Just, uh, yeah, so, um, and he's still doing what he does at his age, so it's awesome, you know? He's a god, like I said earlier, he's a god. Yeah. Um, I have one more question of mine for you, and this will uh, maybe rack your brain a little bit, but uh, we'll see. What would you say are your five, would be your five Desert Island albums? Ooh, boy. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Only five? Um, yes. Yes. You know, with Roundabout. Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Band of Gypsies, Jimi Hendrix and them. Living Color's first record. Vivid. Um, mine. We <laughs> got <laughs> All right, we got to five. 
good enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's way too hard. Um, the, my P-Funk group is way too many. I can't even begin to even narrow down. From the, it's just too many. There's I, I already have five of those by themselves. Yeah, no doubt. You know, yeah. So what's next for you? What's on the horizon? Next is continuing to market the Walmart products and sales, and um, we are we are pursuing um, a possible network Netflix documentary situation. So I'll kind of keep you posted. And um, and outside of doing these um, live performances that I'm going to do from here, just gearing up for the day <laughs> when we can emerge and I can say, I'm coming to your city. You know, and, and, and also um, writing the, the uh, documentary. Since we're done, I might as well put it together properly. Brendan Reed told me to write a book and do a movie on my career because he said it's insane you have to so we go all right well we look forward to all of that good stuff and how can people keep up with everything you're doing where do they go what do they input on their computer <laughs> you can keep up with us at triple w cosmic nation productions Dot com. That's C-O-S-M-I-C-N-A-T-I-O-N productions.com. It sounded like an updated version of the Mickey Mouse uh, Club thing for a moment there. <laughs> the Rocky Mouse, Funky Mouse. You're right. uh, awesome. Star, thank you so much for sharing the story, spending the time, and all the great music. Thank you. You... It, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm I'm honored that you are such a thorough uh, researcher and 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 supporter and patron. I thank you very much for that, and look forward to uh, the next one. Maybe I can have a ready uh, live performance piece to do. Fantastic! I'll hold you to that. Yeah. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family, this audience is growing and it is a beautiful thing all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the funkinstuff.net website on the right hand side of every page you just click and you can donate through paypal credit card whatever very easy to do and so much appreciated and if you do a sizable donation i will mention you on the program also drop me a line email me at scott g at funkinstuff.net let me know who else you'd like to see on the show what you enjoy about the music 
let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. <laughs>